Yes, sir, we promised you a great man here on Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the number something, something, something ranked sports and recreation podcast on planet Earth. Thanks, DJ John. Shout out to DJ John. Uh, my name is Peter Rosenberg, being joined today by the lovely, the luxurious, the physically large, non-stat having, the man they know as Big Daddy G. Hyde. I'm talking about SGG. How are you, stat guy? Woo! I'm doing good, P. Wow, Ric Flair on us, huh? Was that a weird Ric Flair? Little, little Ric Flair, Jace. Wow. Um, SGG, first of all... Uh, I put out a little bonus episode yesterday. It's hide over the people. Did you see that? I did see that, and I, I, I'm Brooklyn Brawler, man. That was I told you yesterday when you said you were interviewing him. Like I popped for Brooklyn Brawler when I heard you were interviewing him. Well, and by the way, to to the- I told him what you told me. I, I quoted you. If you go back and listen to it, which I recommend, go check out the episode Brooklyn Brawler. It's actually, you know, listen, he's a character, and it's definitely funny. Like he spent the entire episode talking about how, like, there's nothing wrong with being a jobber. And also, how am I a jobber? <laughs> and I was like, well, it's either one or the other. Either either you're a jobber and proud of it or nah. And um, anyways, it's I, I talked about your comment, though, about how you said he never won and yet you always pop for him, which I thought was a great line. It's true, man. It's always exciting to like see him come down the aisle with the tatted Yankee shirt and like just looking like he's ready, ready for a brawl. Well, and, and, and by the way, what a great – someone like you, you're the perfect person to pop for Brawler because you pop for all things New York, particularly Yankees. Yeah, of course. So, like, I, I love Brooklyn Brawler. Yankees looking pretty good right now. Potentially uh, your one win from the World Series as we record this. Yeah, I think they're going to get the win tonight. You think they're going to finish it up tonight? Tonight, yep. What a what a Yankee – what a baby-faced Yankee team this is, right? <laughs> Yo – like they're performing well. They they came back from from being counted out. I remember people. My boy Tiger was telling me like he was looking forward to the Red Sox making it this far. Um, he counted them out of out of the ALDS and the ALCS. Um, he's he's not even watching baseball anymore. He's watching Bruins hockey. Last time I spoke to him about sports, but um, but yeah, the comeback from people counted us out. They, we beat the best team in baseball, and uh, now we going on. Going on to the World Series. I'm calling it right now. I want to see one of those Yankee WWE championships with the Yankee side plates, though. That's why. That's most of the reason why I'm cheering for the Yankees. Now that WWE started doing that. Well, listen, but you know, do you hear my point I'm making about how babyface the team, the team is? I mean, do you remember a Yankees team that's this full of babyfaces? Maybe 2000, right? What, 2009? Or the, 2000, no, I, I said 2000, right, not 2009. We had A-Rod on the team. A-Rod was getting booed out of the building of every course. every bad game he had. That's, that's, that's not the team I'm talking about. I was going to say 2000, but definitely 2001, too, uh, right after 9-11 when they, when they made that run to the World Series against the Diamondbacks and yeah, that lost was, to Arizona because that, Arizona hates America. That was exactly, that was more, you know, that, that the extenuating, you know, circumstances made them more of a baby face but in terms of it being pure like people really i mean i don't know who you hate on on this team um at this point and by the way that'll change you know if they continue if this is (laughs) if this is the beginning of the dynasty and these baby bombers grow into big full-grown bombers all of a sudden those puppies that were so cute are kind of terrifying people will be less into them but right now you gotta love judge you gotta love sanchez you know, Frazier gives you, like, the lovable Jersey guy who's always pumping his fist and so excited. Old man CC doing his job. You know, Tanaka, everyone everyone pops for a ba- the Japanese baby face. We've seen this before. Is that a Nakamura? Yeah, he's a- <laughs> <laughs> Tanakamura is made. Shinsuke Tanakamura? <laughs> Anyways, SGG, it's enough baseball talk. What happened uh, outside... The world of professional wrestling. Okay, so um, outside of the ring, there's a story that I kind of actually forgot to raise in the past couple of weeks that's been um, bubbling a little bit. 
and it's it involves uh the bullet club and their little like a little rivalry they have going on with the WWE um rivalry slash I don't even know what to call it um but it the the real shots happened a couple of weeks ago when the Young Bucks and uh Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes and all those guys were outside of of Monday Night Raw and they did like you remember the DX invasion when DX went to WCW was having a show and DX was outside with the tanks and all of that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so the Young Bucks did a version of that, or the Bullet Club, I should say, did a version of that, and uh, they were outside of a WWE show a couple of weeks ago. I forget which show it was. And um, and the next day, they were hit with a, a cease and desist order. Now, the timing on that, I think, might be a coincidence. I don't think that they showed up on Monday and then Vince slapped them with a cease and desist on Tuesday. I think it might have already been in the mail and then the, it just was a coincidence that it happened. But they got hit with a cease and desist order telling them to stop using the too sweet hand gesture, which they've been like, they've been big on the indies. Wow, they told that. them to straight up stop using it? Yeah. Like, stop using it, stop putting it on merch. Um, and so of course that caused them to like, stop saying it in their promos. Like they don't even do it anymore. They don't say it. Their fans don't say it. Um, they put out a shirt afterwards with like, with them doing it, but over their hands, they put like censored. Um, they're even selling little censored. Um, I don't even know what to call them. They're not stickers, but you hold those in your hand when you do the two suites. So like it shows your hands censored, but, um, the other big part of that story that people are talking about is Jimmy Jacobs, who was um Now this is where it gets former, interesting. Yeah, former wrestler at Ring of uh, Ring of Honor, uh writer at WWE, backstage producer, what have you. He took a picture with them that day and then posted it and then he got fired. Supposedly for for the picture. Very weird situation. It, I, I got to tell you, it, w- w- tell me this. What are people saying about it? Do people have a take on this issue? Oh, yeah. It, it, the, the narrative is, is very um, anti-WWE. Like, it's BS that he should have got fired for taking the picture. Like, excuse me, people have done worse and haven't been fired. Um, they feel like WWE is picking on picking on the little guy you know, and here um, let me be the guy who obligatorily defends the company that i now work for but i'm sorry i work for a lot of companies what are you what are you doing bro like come on you, you really didn't think that was a, you thought that was a good move like you're you're a writer you're a writer dude you're not a talent that that's i've never I mean, maybe I don't follow writers on Instagram like that, but I don't. I never see people taking pictures anywhere. Like, I just think it seems like a weird decision. Is firing a lot? Well, yeah, maybe they had other reasons for it too. I don't know, but I'll tell you this: if I'm a writer, I definitely wouldn't be posing with talent who either is there or not. Even worse, not with the company. Would you? Yeah, I mean. I don't know, because he's boys with them. Like, they go way back to even before his WWE days. But so, that's like, great. But why are you posting on social? This this is a work still. This, yeah, this... it's touchy, because, like, I don't think if it was at, if I was a, if it was at a restaurant, I don't think it would have been as big of a deal to management. But, like, but he's the not. fact that they came, like, outside of the, right outside the show and called it, like, the Bullet Club invasion and, like, they were... They were poking the bear, so to speak, and then you encourage that. That makes it a little bit different. I don't know that I would have fired him. I don't think I would have fired him. Um, well, yeah, you mean you don't think you would have fired him if you, assuming that was the only thing that happened. And, and right. They, and by the way, I've spoken to literally no one about this. So before anyone starts calling me a shill, I'm just telling you, I, I, A, I'm a nerd who takes kayfabe pretty serious, you know, and I'm pretty proud of the job we even do on this podcast and that I try to do everywhere of talking openly about what wrestling sports entertainment is while not blatantly disrespecting kayfabe only, right? I I do 
think there's a way to do that. And I don't know. I just, yeah, I feel like it was, I feel like it was poking the hornet's nest just a bit. I'm not saying the guy deserved to get fired. I don't want to see anyone lose their job. And I really don't know him personally. Um, just seen him around, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's a bummer, but I'm just saying I understand it. And I would think anytime you do something like that at WWE, there's a chance it could be bad. Yeah. Well, that's just, that's he's just gone me. now. Yo, I'm still nervous about taking pictures. Like, and I'm talent, right? I'm, I, I don't think anyone cares about me taking pictures with people. If I want to post, like, all the wrestlers post pictures, like, in makeup or with so-and-so backstage. And I'm still uber, like, yeah, I would just be mindful of when I take a picture, you know? <laughs> right. And it just seemed like that yeah. one of all times, I don't know. I'm Listen, people will crush me. Oh, you're, blah, blah. People just want to get about mad things about this. Like, they're really huge fans. Like, they love the work he was doing behind the scenes. Like, people will give you, be angry just for the sake of being angry. I, I don't know. I saw it was like, well, that was a dumb thing to do. Yeah, well, he's he's been fired supposedly for that. And maybe other things we don't know. But um, definitely that was a part of it. And then there's another little wrinkle to this Bullet Club WWE rivalry. Um, Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns have been going at each other a little bit. Because uh, Cody, Cody posted a video saying that he was the number one draw in the company. Or maybe it was a promo. I can't even remember. And then um, Roman Reigns commented that, like, if he's not selling out a building or, like, if the building doesn't make this much money in a night, then he's not even worth worth having a discussion with about who the number one draw is. And um, Cody did not like that. <laughs> Everyone's, I got to tell you, everyone is down for taking a shot at the old Romester. Romy Roman. That's the big dog. Yeah. So, but let me ask you this though: When Roman said that that uh, when the Shield reunited and Roman said we are the three workhorses that run this company now, do you think that was a shot at them? Because like, you know, Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, they've been they've held this tight to that reputation. You know what I mean? Or was it a shot at somebody else? Was it a shot at New Day? Was it a shot at uh, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly? Was it a shot at anybody? I don't know. I think I think Roman likes just firing back. I think Roman likes just taking shots at people because everyone's coming for him. He just likes to let people know what time it is. I mean, listen, yeah. even though he's the guy, I think it still gets irritating to feel like you're constantly being questioned. Which he is. He is constantly being questioned. Like, By everyone except you, who probably put him on the Mount Rushmore of WWE. Not yet, but he's all, he's on his way, though. He's on his way. You can't say he's on his way to Mount Rushmore. Greg, I'm stopping you right there. You can't say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I don't believe you mean it. And I want to take a moment. You do not mean that. You don't, or at this point, at this point, I don't think you feel comfortable, if you're being honest, to say that when his career is over, he is literally the Mount Rushmore, top four of all time. Well, we'll, we'll, I'll say this. The Mount Rushmore, like, unlike the actual Mount Rushmore, like, those four faces on the actual mountain are not going anywhere, right? Probably but, not. Like, when, when you talk about wrestling, like, for me, three of those spots are, are always in flux. You know what I mean? Like, they are different now than they were 10 years ago. 10 years from now, it could look different. 20 years from now, certainly. So when I'm 60, what will my Mount Rushmore look like? Could it include Roman Reigns if he has an incredible career? I mean, but yeah, that's there big... might be a spot for him. Okay, but that's that, that. But my point is to say an if that big is irrelevant. It's not like that's like saying, that's like saying, you know, uh, I don't want to, I want to give a fair example, but um, I'm trying to think of someone with promise, like an artist with promise, like, I love this kid, J.I.D.K. He's a dope rapper. His first two projects are incredible to me. He, yet he's not even, he's not a mainstream star. And I'd be like, yo, he could end up being the greatest of all time. He could be. He has, there's, skill, there's a skill set there that he is awesome. And who knows where he goes. But it's so far from saying it that to me, you're just trolling when you say that. You are, but you also did say that Kendrick is the greatest rapper of all time. Yeah, I said Kendrick's the best rapper of all time. And... But I, first of all, I was also trolling. And second of all, 
I do not believe Kendrick is the greatest of all time. I believe he's maybe the best rapper of all time. But well, either way, forget, semantics aside, would that put him in your Mount Rushmore? Maybe, maybe. A rap. But Roman's career yet has not matched Kendrick. Roman ain't Kendrick yet. Roman's got the machine. No, Roman's got the aftermath machine, but he doesn't have the 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 he doesn't have good kid Mad City to pimp a butterfly and damn. I mean, listen, Roman Reigns though he he doesn't get a lot of credit though. We know because he Greg, does. We, we, we do on. a wrestling podcast. We know the level of credit Roman gets and doesn't get. I'm just saying this. You're talking about. The, we, we can even have a conversation about who we could ever talk about being that. I don't think John Cena ever b- will belong on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. What? Hey, listen, you know what? You stumbled into another debate that I saw being had online because Ric Flair gave his Mount Rushmore, and um, it was that's that's why I, I thought it was. About it. Yeah, it was Rock, Hogan, Austin, and Flair, I believe. Yep. And I am of the opinion that the Hogan spot can go to John Cena, like, right now. Yeah, but you'd be wrong. That's you wanting that. That's not you. That's not him. That that would be, if Cena was to get that, that's on DQ. <laughs> no, listen. That's only if Hogan? you believe Hogan DQ'd himself. That's not because <sighs> Cena has become the cultural icon or in-ring wrestler that Hulk Hogan is. You know, first of all, in-ring wrestler, I think it's a wash. They both were pretty bad. But I'll give it to Cena just because he's been trying some stuff lately. That springboard stunner isn't always the cleanest, but, you know. Is it always the clean? Hold on, but you think realistic. Hold on. The ultimate, the the core of what makes a great babyface wrestler, in my ignorant opinion, is Mm -hmm. selling. John Cena can't hold a candle to Hulk Hogan selling. He can't. Right. But Hulk Hogan can't hold a candle to John Cena like wrestling. And also, and that's, that's, which is crazy because John Cena, like, John Cena's not like Dean Malenko or nobody. He's John Cena. But also consider this, right? Hogan, when he was in the WWF and he was big, he really didn't have to do those Monday night grinds. Granted, he did a sort of in WCW, but he didn't really have to, right? So there's that. John Cena been on top consistently for 15 years. Even if you go from 1984 when he won the title, Hulk Hogan, to uh, 2000, that's 16 years of quote unquote Hulkamania, right? That's when he was the biggest babyface and the biggest heel. Even if you consider that, there was still a period from like 89, 90 until he finally turned heel. Where he was getting booed, like he wasn't the number one guy. He was, he was like up there, but he wasn't as great. And John Cena has consistently been number one for fifteen years. Hold on, but hold on. This I could do this all day. Real quick. Number one, even in '94 at Repug WrestleMania nine, as bad as that was '93. '93, the Yoko one. That was nine, right? Yeah, that was nine. When it was '93, when Hogan came back in that Repug finish, he still got a huge pop. That even when he came back, then he's we may hate the booking, he still got a huge pop. And in those years when they were trying to fade him out and move on, you may talk, you're gonna mention people booing Hulk Hogan. You can't even find a boo relative to the kind of booing John Cena's gotten the last 12 years. Cena's never been cleanly over on a level close to what Hogan was. And I love John Cena, but never close. But listen, that's that's because of changing standards, right? John Cena's not like the fact that John Cena doesn't get cheered completely is not relevant because the standard in WWE in '93 was the babyface gets cheered. There wasn't this idea of like the cool heel that gets cheered. I, I, I agree. But it's supposed to be a bad guy. So you, the fact you, that John Cena just gets a reaction counts towards towards his point tallies. But, this, real, but hold on, but real quick, even if you talk about him being the guy who was on top, John Cena was never as responsible for the kind of money coming in that Hulk Hogan was. Are uh, you sure about that? I'm positive about that. I don't care. And I, by the way, you could dig up every stat in the world. 
John Cena came in after the door had already been completely broken down twice already from the Hogan era and then again from the Attitude era. And now Cena comes in and and also I could go through Cena's career and have times in which I could argue about whether he was the biggest at that point. Hulk Hogan, his time on top, the distance between him and two, and you know I love two because for a long time it was Savage, was a big distance. Like, but see, the the length, in the, at least in the WWF, the length of how, like, first of all, the distance between him and two and the length of how long he was actually on top is mad debatable because you have stories Greg, of them just, being can we, like... Can we cut to the core of this? Are you going to have a reasonable argument right now that in your mind, you're being honest, you're not thinking about outside the ring, you're not thinking about things that have been said, you believe John Cena is a greater superstar than Hulk Hogan? Yo, in 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 damn near every category. Like Hogan did it first, but John Cena did it, you, did it on a different but level. But you're not you're not answering the question. You're like the Mater D on Kirby enthusiasm this week. <laughs> Do you believe? There, listen, there was there has been a disturbance. Gun to your head. Gun to your head. Who's the greater performer in the wrestling business, John Cena or Hulk Hogan? You just hung out with both of them. They were both amazing. They were both amazing people to hang out with. Hogan, Hogan apologized for all the things he said to you. He cried. Cena said, I love all your work. They both said everything you could ever want them to say. And then a week later, you watch their library, and you go through, and you look at what they've done. Who is the greater superstar, John Cena or Hulk Hogan? I'm going John Cena. He had You're, better you, matches. Greg, this is crazy. You cannot believe that. John Cena had better matches. John Cena is a better wrestler. What do you mean John Cena has better matches? He what? does have John, John Cena versus Kevin Owens, John Cena versus AJ Styles, both of but those. But what does better uh, mean? Better compared to what? Like better meaning the in-ring work looked better? Yes. But that's, that's, that's literally 10% of it. Like that's such, I mean, it's, listen, I know their internet, I know the and hardcore wrestling is fans hate to hear it. It is 75% everything else. And that's true of Cena, too, by the way. Cena's yeah, longevity is, a, longevity is another thing. Like, how much people are into the match is another thing. And you said don't count outside the ring stuff. But, like, let's be honest. Cena's getting bigger in Hollywood than Hogan ever was. Yeah, but he's still not more famous than Hulk Hogan. You're absolutely mm, right. He's getting there. Cena is more respected than Hulk Hogan in Hollywood. Hulk Hogan was never a respected Hollywood actor. You would never argue, and if you did, you need a mental institution, that <laughs> John Cena is more physically recognizable around the world than Hulk Hogan. I mean, because John Cena looks regular, though. But I don't know. I really don't know. I you don't know. You don't know. You think if we were to go survey... Um, you think if we were to go survey 100 Americans right now on the street, you don't think... Um, when if you were to say, what do you think of John Cena and what do you think of Hulk Hogan, we would get more who's John Cena than who's Hulk Hogan? It depends on, like, the age. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't because any 15-year-old who knows John Cena also knows Hulk Hogan. The reverse is not true. Not necessarily, though. They've been wiping him out pretty pretty good with after that. Uh, Greg, anyway. are you out of your mind? I'm being serious. I love you, Greg. You need medication, bro. A ten, a ten year old, a ten year a old, ten year old might, a ten year old knows Hulk Hogan if they're into wrestling. Might not know Hulk Hogan, yeah. Greg, I'm telling. I would hope, I would, I hope not, because then WWE is doing their job wrong. Yeah, they got to get him out of there. But see, um, but that's what I'm saying. You can't another, let go. You have to let go of if, if if they just say you can't speak on Hulk Hogan. If you want to say you're too personally offended and you can't speak on Hulk Hogan, that's fine. You have every right to do that. But if you try to speak objectively and you say things that crazy, you sound like a lunatic. Lunatic. But here's, here's the question, though. Is Hulk Hogan, you saying that John Cena cannot surpass Hulk Hogan or has not? I think he has, personally. No, he never will. It's already over. He never will. Because Cena's already on the fade out. So we're never getting. He is getting, on the fade out. It's this, the Cena story, the music's already starting to turn down. I mean, if you want to look at the equivalent year this is, John Cena started really making a mark in 2004. Like, really making a mark. Right. Okay? Um, maybe 2003. I'd say 2004. 
So we're go we're getting we're getting onto 14 years into this. Hulk Hogan's huge national mark. It depends when you want to look at it. I mean, you can look at it as 84 when Hulkamania started. That's what they'll tell you. But really, yeah, it was it, like 87 WrestleMania three. It's really closer to 86, 87. Yeah. So fast forward 14 years after that, you're talking 2001. We're talking about Hulk Hogan coming back to WWE. We're talking about the end. Yeah, that was 2002, I think, February 2002. I mean, I will go as far as saying it's hard for me. I mean, I think, you know, Flair, Flair is an interesting one. You know, Flair is an all-time, he is a top three guy, I think, no matter how you cut it. Where I decide to put him is hard, though. I mean, he never had, obviously, a babyface run like Hogan did. That wasn't his job. He was a heel. Right. And he was amazing, and he made baby faces look amazing. Um, you know, in one sense, there are people who will tell you, you know, Ric Flair could have an, uh, an incredible 60-minute Broadway with a broom. And then there are other people who will tell you, well, Flair also had the same match over and over and over and over again. Um, yeah, I'll say that. But at the same time, he's... You add his promo work, you add the schedule that he worked, you act, you add, you talk about what he did for the title, and as a result, what he did for the entire entire National Wrestling Alliance and every territory that he went to, and then you look at how long he was good, how many times WCW brought him back to save them when they were in a rut, then go to the you way end. You could apply those things to Cena, though. Some, are you? Do you want to try to now compare Cena to Ric Flair? Is that where you want to go? No, you I'm just, just saying that. Some, I'm just saying that the same things that you just said, like we shouldn't be looking at when we're comparing Cena to Hogan. Like the things that you just gave Ric Flair credit for, some of that could apply to Cena because they went back Cena, to him a lot. Cena, Cena held the title a lot of the time that Cena held the title. Let's just be honest. Again, I love John. He is an all-time great. But a lot of the time that Cena held the title was a time that people are not going to even look back on that fondly in WWE. 07, 08, 09. These are not years that people think are awesome. Hogan basically got out and wasn't even really a part of things when his thing wasn't working. And then he just came back and was awesome again. You know, he came back in in 94, puts WCW on the map for real changes their ratings game completely. The second the the baby face was getting, Hogan was playing he was out down there, yeah, he, they didn't really feel him like that down there. And no, he did well, well but he did, well, he not did the job. Down there. He did the job. He put them on the. He made them a huge national player that could go up, like at least go head to head. And then he was so mage that his heel turn was iconic. Now listen. Cena doesn't benefit from getting the heel turn, so we'll never know that. And I think that right. is a huge downside. But guess what? That's the way it happened. So now we'll never get that. You know? And I don't know I don't how much John's a part it. of that. Maybe if John had begged for it, he could have gone heel. We don't know. But we don't have it. Whereas with Hogan, we do have it. We saw him on top as a babyface. We saw him on top as a heel. We saw... I mean, you can't even find... In John, in John Cena's illustrious career of amazing matches with tons of people that you named earlier, you can't find a moment anything like Hogan versus Andre. That's not there. No one's had that no. moment. That's true. It's the, be it's the best moment maybe in the history of the, of the business. There may be nothing better than that. Like you, In terms of what pro wrestling is supposed to be, I don't know if there's anything better than Hogan-Andre in 87. I just don't know if there is. And I'm sure there are people who could tell you about, you know, amazing matches in Japan that they would put here. That I'm sure, And I'm not taking away <laughs> how amazing those things are. But in terms of what it's supposed to be, the, the feeling that you're supposed to get, the, um, the entire thing, I don't know, man. It's a masterpiece. But I'm looking forward to seeing your Twitter this week because it should be fun to oh, watch. That, that I'll give you because that, that one is definitely hard to take away from Hogan, the Hogan-Andre and just like what that meant and still means and, and did mean for pro wrestling. But I'm well, just and saying. And let's talk about, and Greg, let's not forget 
all due respect to Andre, goat, love the man. Let's not forget how poor his work was by then. Yeah, I mean it did get worse after after that, but oh, it did get yeah, no, it it even got worse. But in '87, the amount that he could do was already so limited. And Hogan again, like I said, from selling right from when that match starts, and Hogan goes for the slam right away, and then he can't get it. The way he sells the back after that, that put Andre in psychologically. That puts Andre in control of that match without Andre ever having to do anything. So let me ask you this though: We're talking about we're talking a lot about Hogan's highs, right? But when he starts to when he starts to dip and fall off in like those years that are not as great, doesn't that, how does that affect, how does that affect things in your eyes? Like those years in WCW where he was not doing that great before he turned heel. And even the years after when he held on a little bit too long and just was like, not well, as good. Listen, I mean, does is it, is it that he was up so high that even when he fell off, he was just still that much higher than everybody else? Um, to me, this is only my opinion. I mean, the lows, he was such a blatant baby face. Just like you said, Cena didn't get to benefit from being in an era where everyone cheers the baby face. And you were right when you said that he, Cena also didn't have to suffer through being such an over baby face that it's just bound to get cheesy and annoying. Hogan. Oh, yes, he did. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. He suffered he, through that right now. Exactly. He went through that without ever being as high as Hogan was. And he still went through that. And Hogan was so over when you were eight years old that by the time you were 12 and things started changing, you were like, I don't know. Is he really good? Bret Hart's a lot cooler, you know. So I, I think Hogan had some spots that were rough. Yes, the, the weird, skinny early WCW babyface Hogan was not particularly good. Like, I, you know, the, the parade through Disney um, um, or through uh, Universal Studios, like that, that Hogan was not an awesome one. But like I said, the shock was so big of him going there that it didn't matter that much. But no, I think you factor that in. I think you factor a lot of things in that are negative okay. for Hogan. I add all those things in. Like, I definitely factor yeah, in that he wasn't... He had promos that were bad at times, moments when he'd met. He, in a big spot, you can't even come close to trusting him with a microphone the way you, you can trust Cena. Not even close. <laughs> yeah, I, I just say this. Like, of the four that Ric Flair mentioned, the closest comparison to Cena is a Hogan. And, like, when I think about the titles, not necessarily the title runs, but, like, he has more titles. He's, like you said, more respected in Hollywood, possibly bigger in Hollywood. They both move a lot of merch. The kids love them like you wouldn't believe. When you factor in all of that, and then I think about the fact that, like I said, Cena has better quality matches. Yeah, Hogan has bigger moments, but Cena has like better matches, which mean more to me. I think Cena can take Hogan's spot. It's definitely up for debate, though. Oh, I'll say people are going to debate you on that. And here's the thing you're really not going to like, and I don't like this either because... Um... You know, I do not like the idea. And you know what? You, we'll use this as a springboard to get into the black power rankings. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like this idea because the idea of pulling the only non-white man off Mount Rushmore, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that. But if I'm being all the way honest, if I'm forced to pull someone off there, it's Rocky. Oh, wow. And I, I mean, it, it can't be Austin. It can't be Austin. Because Austin's pop was always bigger than Rocky's, and he's the better in-ring worker, and it's not even close than Rock. Are the two of them? Are the two of them not like completely linked though? Like I feel like they are. They're very. I linked. feel like it's hard to give one the nod without being like, but also this guy. Like yeah, but here's where I can beat you. Here's where I beat you on that. What's your favorite Austin feud? Yeah, it's not Austin Rock. And what's yours? Say it. I know. We, yeah, mine is mine is Hart Austin. Exactly. Austin. What? Yeah. What's Austin Rocky's, McMahon. What's Rocky's Hart Austin? Rocky's Hart Austin is his three WrestleMania main events with Austin. See, but Austin has those too. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I, I don't think – listen. But I then Austin had Austin McMahon too. So like Austin had and a lot. And McMahon. Yeah. Not to mention he had good stuff with Undertaker, Triple H, et cetera. But, you know, Rocky had some of those as well. I love Rocky. He, what he did overall, first of all, Rock, the reason Rocky gets put on everyone's Mount Rushmore is because of what, how big he became after wrestling. He, he, will always, he will always be a god because he truly was able to cross over in the most respectable mainstream huge way you could. Yeah. So everyone will always put up really high. And I get it, rightfully so. He was Not, that big in wrestling too, though. And, and he has like that crossover appeal where like the average person, even if they don't know The Rock, they know Dwayne Johnson. Like people's, people's, He's out there. Oh, no. And I think everyone knows The Rock. Every, I don't think even I don't think there's anyone even who's like oh I like Dwayne Johnson who's The Rock I don't know I think everyone knows The Rock his brand <laughs> is that big and he made wrestling very cool he definitely is the one who made it the coolest WWE particularly uh, he made WWE the coolest that ever was he he was the most electrifying man in sports entertainment before he decided to dip off to Hollywood though like he was definitely that uh, more so after he went to Hollywood and like made all these big budget movies and took over the Fast and the Furious franchise for sure but like. He was definitely that dude. Wait, hold on. This is a big moment we're having here. I'm, I'm hearing. Hold on, Greg. I got to put you on hold. I'm hearing we're having a special guest. Hold on. Oh, hey, everyone. Hold on. Before we get into something very, very special and unusual and cheap eat, I got to remind you about my people, our people, Dollar Shave Club, okay? Amazing razors for just a few bucks. I've been a member, and let me tell you, it has me looking right, okay? Now, what you might not know, I didn't know this, is that Dollar Shave Club also has other products. Everything you need in the bathroom is at Dollar Shave Club. Body wash, shampoo, hair gel. Whatever you need, it's there. So here's what you do. If you're like me, you don't like going to the store to get razors, to get all your bathroom stuff, go to Dollar Shave Club, okay? Plus, they're giving away their starter set to new members for only 5 bucks. This is practically giving it away. The starter set, it features the executive razor and three trial size version of uh, most of their most popular products. You're going to get three trial size versions. Perfect to bring on the road with you, do whatever. Check it out. See if you dig it, okay? You're going to love it. So here's what you do. You go to dollarshaveclub.com slash heat. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash heat. Support the podcast and hook up that bathroom, baby. Hello? Oh, oh my gosh. Is this Zach Linder? It is. <laughs> SGG, we are getting into a very special Red Power Ranking. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm here on, on this wonderful, beautiful autumn Friday, sipping this cup of coffee. And no better way to celebrate. Me. There's no theme song for this. I don't have an I'm, I'm Red Y'all theme song. No, no, no. It's already playing. It's just game music. Don't worry. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Through Hellfire and Brimstone. Here we go. Zach Linder's, <laughs> Zach Linder's Red Power Rankings. Go ahead, Zach. Go. In, in, in honor of what happened on Raw this week, the Red Power Rankings. Are you guys ready? At number five, through Hellfire and Brimstone. You remember when he debuted at the Hell in a Cell match? The Big Red Machine Kane is number five. Wow! That's a strong pick. That's a strong pick. Now, at number four, now you might remember he removed the mask. He started wrestling in just the red and black pants. Okay. Plenty of memorable rivalries. His battles with The Undertaker. Okay. Number four is the big red monster cane. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yes. The big red monster cane. Also right. a great red powerful man. That's right. Now, at number three, we're moving along the rankings here. Okay. Now, you might remember he tagged a very popular tag team with X-Pac. Okay. Many years later, a very popular tag team with Daniel Bryan. You might remember his many battles with The Undertaker. It's the devil's favorite demon, Kane. At number three on the Red Tower Rank. Demon Kane! The Demon Kane. The devil's favorite demon Kane. (laughs) All right. What's number two? Number two. Number two. 
This is uh, a little bit unusual. This is a guy who does not wear the red mask, the red pants, the red shirt. He's a little bit more uh, professional, if you will. He wears a pair of slacks. He wrestles in a nice uh, pair of loafers. He was aligned with the authority. Okay. That's right, number two on the Red Power Rankings this week. It's Corporate Kane. Oh, oh my God! That's Corporate Kane! That's Corporate Kane! Now then. I want to know who your favorite demon is now. This is, this is the big one right here. Well, number one, no, no, we're finally at number one on the Red Power Rankings this week. Now, Peter, do you want to venture a guess as to who is number one on the Red Power Rankings this week? <laughs> I, I, uh, this week, I, th- for me, in my mind, number one to me is a guy that some people refer to as Woodsy Allen. A.K.A. the small, red-bearded machine, Zach Linder. That's my number one. Well, that, that's very kind of you. Um, and, uh, and maybe one of these days we can do the Jewish power rankings, and Woodsy Allen would certainly be at number one. That's yours truly, Zach Linder. By the way, follow me on Twitter, at Angegold. On Twitter, <laughs> at Angegold. <laughs> Um, uh, no, uh, Greg, do you have any guesses to number one on the Red Power Rankings this week? I do not. I'm excited to hear what this number one is. Number one on the Red Power Rankings. Here we go. It's Pete Rose, of course. It's Pete Rose, WWE Hall of Famer. <laughs> Pete Rose of the Cincinnati Reds. You know, uh, banned you know, from baseball, but not banned from wrestling or our hearts. You know, Zach, I I did want to. I don't know. If you've seen the, I don't know if you've seen the recent news on Pete Rose. He is not a particularly popular guy these oh, days. That's, that's right. Yeah, he was replaced by Keith, right on the um, on the Fox show. That's exactly right. But you know, so, I'm glad to see that you are not abandoning your brother in red, Pete Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, while we have you on the phone. What are you most looking forward to at TLC? Oh, it's got to be Asuka. You know, I've, I have said, I've told both of you guys this um, while watching wrestling shows and we've been hanging out. I have said for quite a while now that I think by far the two best properties that the WWE has to invest in are Finn Balor and Asuka. Um, I, I might even put Asuka at number one. I think that Asuka is such a special, special talent for so many reasons, um, for the way that she works, um, for her unbelievable charisma, um, for the storyline that they've been able to build for her for the last several years, and the potential for global expansion into Asia, which is something that WWE really has been making a big effort at the last few years. She is just such an important figure I think um, nothing else comes close to me at TLC. I love uh, I love that uh, viewpoint. Uh, um, Zach, thanks for joining us with the Red Power Rankings. We'll see you next week. Oh, of course. And, and remember, at Ange Gold. No, no, Twitter. no. You're at Zach Linder. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. That's right. It's at Zach Linder. All right. Talk to you later, guys. There he is. <laughs> there he is. Bye. Zach Linder, everyone. Did you expect that? <laughs> I did not. Now, without any further ado, let's get into the real rankings that matter this week. I'm talking about them black power rankings. Uh, I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, All right, and I'm black, y'all, and let's I'm see, black, let's black, see. and I'm black, y'all. What is going on in the black power rankings? Yo, this week was a good week. Uh, Monday Night Raw gets the honorable mention just because, like, every time I looked up, there was some talent on screen. I couldn't believe how much airtime airtime we got so shout out to raw um and 12 live for that are you are you thanking raw on behalf of all black people for how many people were on there yes how many black people were on on behalf of myself wow man not on behalf yeah i i was i was i was appreciative because it gave me something to work with this week you know um so in in at number five we got alicia fox all right lost a quick uh, a quick match to Sasha Banks, um, but it seems to be going somewhere. They worked with each other earlier this year. Um, she attacked her backstage, 
And if I'm not mistaken, are they on the pre-show for TLC? Well, let me see. Yeah, I believe so. That was added to the pre-show. Yep. Yeah, so like she's, uh, she's we call got it the a match. kickoff show. It's uh, hosted by your kickoff truly. show. We got it. Yeah, she's on the kickoff Myself, show. Myself, Renee Young, and David Otunga coming to you at seven p.m. on the WWE Network. That's seven p.m. Eastern, Greg. Yes, that's not a special start time. That is seven p.m. Eastern on the the TLC kickoff show. That's right. Um, but yeah, she also got some new merch this week. So. Wow. Losing effort on Raw, but big week for um, Alicia Fox, and she's coming in at number five. And in at number four, um, Jason Jordan, Titus O'Neil, and Apollo Crews. Um, the three of them worked well together in a, in a winning effort on you should be the, Raw's you, short match. You can't tell me that Big Daddy G shouldn't be the manager of that tag team. I should. I mean, I I feel like I gave him the idea because I recall asking Titus O'Neil point blank, like, are we going to see Jason Jordan in with the Titus brand? And now here we are. And I don't know if I started some negotiations. That Yo, matter of fact, that, that, that tag team should just be called Black Power. I'm in. I'm all for it. We know you are, SGG. You're very consistent. <laughs> I'm down. But yeah, so that's there in at number four. Um, in at number three, I'm going to put New Day down from number one um, just because we didn't see them in ring, but we did get to see them backstage and they teased a feud with Rusev and um, Aiden English. I almost forgot his name. Rusev and Aiden English. And I'm intrigued to see where that goes. So... Based on the promise of things to come, I'm gonna go New Day in at number three. Okay. In at number two, in at number two, Cedric Alexander. Um, winning effort on Raw. He managed Rich Swan, uh, accompanied him to the ring, I should say, at 205 Live, and uh, Rich Swan got the win there. Um, he's so amazing still in, to me in the ring. I'm I'm excited to see him do more, so I'm putting him in at number two, and in at number one. Uh, the boss, Sasha Banks. Um, National Boss Day was this... Yeah, number one. National Boss Day was this week. Um, Okay. Like I said, she's got got that winning effort against Alicia Fox on Monday. Uh, She's got a pay-per-view match coming up. Um, It's hard to hate on the boss. So she's going in at number one. Well, you absolutely, you absolutely love yourself some boss, as we all do. All right, that would do it. Um, a big question. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people want to know SGG. It is Hispanic Heritage Month, and Foot Locker with another great collaboration. Beautiful. Dude. I saw that. Those those shirts and those sneakers look. They're tremendous. Phenomenal. Now, yeah. a lot of people want to know why you're not including Mexican wrestlers like the great Sin Cara, um, Kalisto. You know, perhaps in uh, the Black Power rankings. Why are you separating? Why are you separating people of color, SGG? That's what people want to know. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily look at it as separating people of color. I'm mm-hmm. just specifically uplifting this specific uh, demographic of wrestler who, you know, like some people say, black people are overlooked at times. Um, but not even that. Um, specifically address Sin Cara and the Mexican wrestlers. I don't know what they identify as. I'm not gonna. Uh, a risk offending them by identifying Well, let me them bring in my Mexican them, expert, DJ Juanito, a.k.a. DJ John. Juanito, how offended were you by what SGG just did in the Black Power Rankings? I mean, you know, when you think of color, you think of brown and black. Right. My brown brothers. Right. My black brothers. Right. These are all terms I've heard people use. We're family. Right. Right. Mishpacha. Uh, familia. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, respect to Eddie Guerrero. Right. Okay, you can't respect the OG. Yeah, no, I do true. respect the OGs, but but how how would that look if Eddie Guerrero jumped in on on the top of the Black Power Rankings? Even Eddie would give me a sideways look, no, like bro. Not just include. Hey, you know what? A special brown. Oh, you want brown? Oh, okay. well, you saying we should add a brown Power Rankings to the show? I, I mean, think I think we do. I, it's not my place, though. I'm just gonna say that it's not well, my place to do a brown, a brown power, power Rankings. Brown Power Rankings, where every week, because brown Power Rankings is interesting. 
We could include Latino wrestlers. And I would like to include my Asian brothers. We, yeah, we could include Asian. We, um, Asian including the Far East, uh, India, Jinder Mahal. See, I was gonna, he's so wait, if he's one. Jinder Mahal if he's in the Brown Power Rankings, number one. If he's including his Asian brothers in the Brown Power Rankings, does that does that make Nakamura eligible for the yes, Brown Power Rankings? Yes, of course. Yes. All right, well, now I need to find the right candidates. I don't know if Juanito, your schedule is such. I don't know if I can count on you for this. We need to what? we need to find someone who could really anchor. You, if you want to, Juanito, you want to try to come back next week? Will you pay enough attention this week? Yes. To come back with the Brown Power Rankings? I'll, I watch NXT. I watch 205 Live. I have the app on my phone. Okay. So nice. Next week, so next week you will come back with the Brown Power Rankings. I like Wait, that. Wait, he sounds like he's ready to go this week. With his brown power rankings. I don't know if he's really put the thought into it. I, I think we should start clean next week. This is to... more a, star, a spark. Yeah, of, this was the spark. A we, revolution. We thank you. All right. Thank you. DJ <laughs> what a moment. What a moment this is. All right. Real quick. Uh, we got to get to TLC before I get up out of here. I've had an insane week. Um, SGG, you talked about it. Believe it's on the kickoff show. Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox having a singles match. Um Yes. I'm assuming the boss will go ahead and win this. Uh, I'd be very surprised to see otherwise. I I am I'm assuming she wins this as well, but but you never know though, because like I said, Alicia does have that new merch, and um, they have met before. I believe Alicia Fox does have a victory over the boss in singles competition. So I'm gonna go with Alicia Fox. Wow, the dark horse candidate. Okay, I was not going to go that way, but I'm happy to see you go a different direction. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, let's just stay with the women for a second. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. I again, I've been saying this for a while. This story could have easily become throwaway, and I thought it became awesome. Um, I thought this has become really, really enjoyable, and it's actually made me even think there's a chance that Mickey could win. I'm assuming she won't. I'm assume, assuming Alexa will go over here. But I will not be shocked if they decide. Because what I noticed this week was that by the end of that tag match, Mickey has like earned real pops back. And people enjoying you know, how good she's been. And the storyline of being like, I'm a mother now. But I think there's something cool there. And I've really enjoyed it. And don't forget, Mick, Mickey is an all-time great. I, I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss. But let me just add, would not be shocked if Mickey won. Yeah, same. You took you took the words right out of my mouth. I really don't have anything to add to that. I I'm also gonna go with Alexa Bliss, but I wouldn't be shocked or upset if uh, Mickey James won. Um. Okay. Oscar and Emma. I'm gonna go Oscar here. Yeah, Oscar. Oscar's the no brainer. But um, I'm gonna add the caveat that you added with um with Alexa Bliss and. And the Mickey James match, I I wouldn't be shocked. You wouldn't if be Emma shocked. Won. I mean, I think I wouldn't be shocked if Emma won, just because I can see the writers trying to do something different and like taking it in a different direction. Um, I can see Oscar looking strong in a loss and just having the undefeated streak be something that um, stays with her NXT character, but also like being something iconic in pro wrestling. You know what I mean? And not being something that is carried over onto the main roster. Now, I, I hear you. I, I That is something I thought about. Like, is there a way to make Emma look really strong here and it ultimately doesn't really damage Asuka because it looks freakish and they build it into, like, this makes her a maniac and she has to destroy everything in her path. All that being said, I'll go Asuka. Thanks. Um... Kalisto, Enzo, Amore, I'm very interested to see what they do. I love that they actually are adding some legs to the Enzo story, even though I didn't understand how he gained all his friends all of a sudden. But I'll pick Kalisto, but I'm interested to see what they do. Didn't they say he hired them? Like Kind he, of, they, yeah, but like they, in the moment, it felt like very kind of like random. Yeah, which is weird to me that he would be able to hire um, Arya Davari, whose gimmick to that, to that point has been like, Rich Persian. I don't know that a rich Persian can be bought off by, I mean, or maybe they can. I don't know. Um, that just seemed weird to me. But I'm also going to go Kalisto. Although, did you catch on Monday the Kalisto's promo? Um, um, 
Yeah. When he told Enzo that he would be walking out of TLC as the new Cruiserweight champion? Wait. Kalisto is the Cruiserweight champion. Right. I don't know that anybody told him, but then maybe he did know because he he started to like slap the belt right after he – or the title, excuse me, right after he said that. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, That is very interesting, but I still think regardless of that flub, he gets it done. Kalisto, your champion. Um, Then we have the tag match. I don't know. I'll go Alexander and Swan over Brian Kendrick and Gallagher. Gallagher, sorry. Um, SGG? Yeah, I... My heart says Alexander and Swan, but then they both won singles matches leading up to this tag team match, which tells me that they were set up for the loss. So I'm going to go with Jack and Brian. Um, and Demon and Sister Abigail? I don't understand. I Next week we'll analyze this a bit more. I'm confused by this. Um, but Demon and Sister Abigail? You got to go Demon, right? I guess. They're protecting him on pay-per-view, at least. I know Bray has a couple wins on, against him um, on Raw. But Finn's still undefeated at pay-per-view. All right, and uh, lastly, The Shield versus Braun Strowman, The Miz, Kane, Cesaro, and Sheamus. My heart says Shield, but at the same time, like, Braun Strowman by himself is a monster, right? You know, Cesaro and Sheamus are formidable as well. So just the three of them right there is is enough to keep the shield's hands full. But then you have um then you have Kane on top of it. Number two through four in the red power rankings, Kane. And and the Miz. I'm still gonna go Shield, but uh this is gonna be it's gonna be a good a good main event. I don't know what to say here. I- I'm going Shield. The only reason to set all of this up is to have the Shield eventually win. Uh, but I- I- I'm curious to what's going to happen here. I'm curious to what the role of Kane continues to be. We didn't even get much time to talk about the the shock and awe of Kane's appearance, the upsides to it, the downsides to it, of which I think there were some some of both. But next, who were we- you expecting? I wasn't. Um, I-, I don't know. I didn't really have an expectation, but. You know, I, I was frustrated that they did that business where the music hits for so long before he appears. Um, to me, that sort of messed with the moment, but it was still ultimately a really cool moment. And what I did like about it is that normally a cane reappearance means nothing. And in this case, a cane reappearance meant something. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Um, but why do you think it was Kane? Like, what's the motivation? Well, he's, he's avenging his brother. Yeah, that's what that was my thought as well. Um, some people pointed out though that the Shield's first match um, was against Team Hell No and Ryback, so that would make you know that would make Kane have some like old bad blood with the with the Shield because they took his tag team championships off him too. So there was that. So how much of it is like long term booking and going back into the history versus? Him avenging his brother. Or it could be all of it. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still unclear. I just like that it meant something. And I didn't put a whole lot of thought. I just assumed, like, oh, they're going to make this about Undertaker. And then I was like, hmm, Undertaker. I'm starting to think this Undertaker thing isn't over. Last, hmm. you know, last time I saw him, he moved around really well. Like, the rest and surgery had made an impact. When was the last time you saw him? That event when people reported that he was backstage, whichever pay-per-view that was. SummerSlam? Oh, yeah, yeah. When people said he was around, I saw him, and he looked good. Um, I don't know. It's gonna be, I, I'll tell you what. I think for whatever reason, it's going to be an interesting pay-per-view this weekend. And uh, if you're in the Minnesota, if you're in Minneapolis and you're coming, please, please, if you bring a sign or T-shirt, I will find you one way or the other. But you need to tweet me a picture of the sign or T-shirt, and I will come find you. 
for sure. We will meet up or come down to the set towards the end of uh, of talking uh, of sorry the kickoff show, um, and we'll build. Also, I am doing raw talk afterwards. Look for that on the WWE Network. Don't turn off that pay per view. <laughs> SGG, do me a favor. Uh, number one, think about the crazy things you said for the first thirty minutes in this podcast. And number two, stay mage. I thought you were gonna say stay black, but I'll do both. <laughs>